You're listening to the Union Podcast. The Union is a movement dedicated to discovering God's design for sexuality, His hope for restoration, and the power of our destiny through Jesus. Please enjoy today's podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Union Podcast. My name is Brian, and I am the co-founder of the Union Movement. Uh, We're an organization just dedicated to truth, hope, and destiny when it comes to the complicated areas of life like sexuality, identity, uh, marriage, just relationships. We exist to help bring clarity, hope, and purpose uh, to all those areas. So we are so glad that you're joining us today. If you are no stranger to the Union and you've enjoyed this content, we do ask you to just take a minute and uh, subscribe and comment and give us a like or a rating in, uh, down below. Uh, wherever you're listening this to this podcast here today, we'd ask that you take the time to do that. It just helps us to be more visible to people uh, and get the message out there and, um, and impact more people's lives. So we just ask that you do that. It would mean so much to us. We so value your partnership in this. Today, I am so pumped, so pumped to sit down and talk with a special guest. His name is Sathya Sam. He is from Toronto, Canada, the GTA. So if you're listening to this in the in the greater Toronto area, here's one of your local people on here today. And I really do believe you're not gonna you're not gonna regret listening to this today. Sathya is a pastor, an entrepreneur, a coach with a genuine passion uh, to see people come alive. He is a brilliant communicator. I've so enjoyed uh, the conversations that we've had leading up to this podcast. And uh, he is actually the founder of an organization called Deep Clean that helps men overcome pornography addiction. And that is what we're going to talk about today. Um, so, Sathya, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, bro. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, we um, we just love, uh, like, obviously the values of the union is, is to be a platform for a bunch of different uh, voices on the topic of purity, sexuality, identity, relationships. And so we have just been so um, so blessed to get to know you, to know your story, to, to kind of see who you are and see what God is doing through you. So we so appreciate uh, you teaming up with us today, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. Now, for those of us who, you know, maybe have never heard of you before, what what are you about, man? Like, I know you, you've been married to uh, Shaloma for for how long now? Uh, a whopping nine months. Nine months, man. Yeah, so we're we're just getting started here. Um, but my my story really is, uh, I help guys get free of pornography. Yeah, and um, that's obviously a massive topic um, in our circles, at least for sure. Uh-huh. And um, it doesn't just stem from from research or an educational background. It stems from a personal experience. Yeah, um, I'm a fourth generation pastor and wow. uh, struggled with porn for about 15 years of my life. So. Uh, in my books, that's way too long. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I basically, I, I mean, well, I'm sure we'll get into it, Brian, yeah, but totally. I, I basically made a decision during that journey that when I did get free, I would help other guys get free. And that's what I do today. Come on, man. You know, I, I just think about how Jesus said like freely you've been given now freely give. And I, and I love that, that you've, you've taken what, what Jesus has done in your life, what God has done in your life and, and not let it just be this, yeah, this stagnant thing in your life, but now you're using um, the weapon that God that God used in your life to get you free to now help others get free, man, and that's what it's all about. So we're so pumped, so pumped about this today. So you started an organization called Deep Clean. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I mean, Deep Clean is predicated on the the steps that really helped me get freedom. Because to be honest, when I tried to get free, um, there was a lot of fluff out there, a lot of stuff that kind of felt like it would be helpful, and then mm-hmm. you start doing it and you realize 
this is just a feel good gimmick. This doesn't actually help me get free of porn. Right. Um, there's a lot more of those things out there than actual like valuable solutions. So deep clean basically is just taking the best of everything I was able to find in my journey, but also based on the research, I have a background in sciences mm-hmm. and, um, trying to kind of, I guess, conglomerate those two realms, uh, with the best solutions of both. Um, and it's all wrapped up into a little package called deep clean, which is an online program. It's a course, uh, with a coaching component and a community of guys who are all pursuing freedom together. No, oh, dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. I love the I love the aspect of community because it's this is a, one of the areas that if you if you think you can walk if you think you can walk in freedom alone, you are sadly mistaken. And so I, I love that you have built an uh, you know an online platform um, for community, but um, just just as many outlets for for people to to have that connection. Uh, real accountability and and general sense of belonging because man that's the fuel that that helps us to walk in freedom I know for sure so that's amazing yeah. man that's awesome so one of the I for, totally forget to do this part this is one of the things that we've we've tried to do all the time is just the random question it's our icebreaker random question oh, I nice. told, I didn't okay. put it in the notes and that's probably why I forgot but I didn't <laughs> I didn't want you to be prepped in any way so here's our random question and I go. Sathya, if you had to eat one food every day, every meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Okay, this is an easy question right now because I'm I'm fiending on this frozen pizza by a, I don't even know the name of the brand, but it's like this pepperoni pesto pizza, dude, and it's it's so good. I I ate a whole one last night. I'm not even ashamed of Come it. Come on, so that's an easy <laughs> answer for me, bro. I would eat those all day. Oh, dude, yeah, totally, man. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. I think I would probably I could I could maybe say the same. Like I'm totally a taco guy. Like I know I could eat tacos like all day, every day, and not Love even it. not even feel ashamed. Like not even think about being ashamed. That's but there, exactly it. There is a gluten free because I have to eat gluten free. It's kind of lame, but like there's oh. there's gluten free uh, four cheese pizza that Costco makes that is just Ooh. out of this world, dude. And man, not, not, yeah, not even a problem. I could eat that all day, every day for sure. So I'm with you, dude. That's awesome. (laughs) So let's get into it, man. I know, um, one of our values at the union, um, is that, um, is the values of testimony because I think Mm -hmm. when, when people like there's, there can sometimes be this, this lie that a lot of people believe that somehow, some way what they are struggling with. Um, you know, they are the only ones to ever struggle with those things. They're the only ones to ever walk through some of the, some of these things. And I think what the power of testimony is, is say that like what God has done or what you're going through, you are, you are not the only person to go through it, but God also can do in your life what he's done in so many other people's lives. So I want to just give you an opportunity to share some of your story, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, And there's there's no uh, we we believe in in being able to share R rated testimonies because people are in R rated places right now. And yeah, uh, and they need to know that they're not alone, man. So I just want to give you the floor and and you share your story. Yeah, for sure. Um, Well, my story really starts when I was 11 years old, Um, 11 years old, the the average age of first exposure to pornography. And that was the case for me. So like I mentioned, um, I'm a fourth generation pastor, which basically just means my dad's a pastor um, and the the next two fathers up the family tree are also pastors. So growing up in a pastor's home, uh, we had a pretty good life. My parents were actually quite healthy uh, in the way they parented us and their marriage was stable. 
Um, they provided us Christian education. They were willing to, to fork out the money for that. So I was in the computer lab of my Christian school when I first stumbled upon pornography. Uh, happened almost by accident, really. Like my friend was like, hey, you know, my buddy told me to check out this website. Let's punch it in. It was whitehouse.com, you know, like a very innocent sounding website. There wasn't anything suspicious about it. Um, But sure enough, someone had bought the domain and made it a porn porn site. And um, that was my first exposure. But obviously, we all know the first exposure is almost never the the last time. And um, and so that really sparked my curiosity. And it was it was gradual. It wasn't like I was hooked on it the next day. Sure. It was just like a slow drip, you know, and little by little, I started to get more curious and right. spend a little bit more of my personal time watching it and exploring it. And by the time I was in high school, it was just a regular part of my life. And I was still in Christian education. Most of my friends also like did, you know, I think we all had a conviction about it, but we were all also kind of trapped by it and we didn't know how to get free. Right. And, um, for me, I, I I mean, I always remember thinking in high school, ah, I'll just get free of this when I need to. It, it was right. that classic kind of statement. Um, by the time I got into university, which was right after high school, um, and so my late teens, early 20s, I needed it. It was basically the thing that helped me get relief at the end of a day. Uh, you know, and I worked really hard at, at, in school, worked hard on my degree and did lots of volunteering and that sort of thing. And I always looked forward to having that outlet at the end of the day to just kind of release and unwind and then whatever else. And I think that's when I realized this is actually a pretty big problem. And I don't think I can actually just stop this when I want. And sure enough, um, in the middle of my degree, I was uh, I completed a degree in biology and I was in a very anti-God environment, obviously. Unfortunately, the science world is quite atheistic. Right. And so a lot of my beliefs really hit the road. Uh, sorry, my, my belief became the rubber that hit the road in that season where, yeah, I, I grew up knowing all this stuff in church, but I think that was where there was a, a transfer happening. But I wasn't sure if I really owned those beliefs. I wasn't sure if I actually believed all those things. Sure. And so I I was kind of soul searching, you know, and just trying to figure out like, okay, God, are you real? And if you're real, how do, how do I know it? Mm. Um, and that, that's a whole nother story. But at the end of that season, I found God and I decided like, God, I'm going to commit my life to you. And I was pursuing a career in medicine at the time. And very shortly after I made that decision to really give my life to Jesus, I felt a call into ministry, which I had kind of um, resisted for a very long time because uh, my dad was a pastor and I oh, never wanted to be like my dad, you know, classic stuff. Oh, yeah. The, the normal pastor kid, you know, battle, yes. right? I get it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's what it was. Um, and when I uh, when I eventually kind of, I guess, succumbed, so to speak, and said, you know, God, yes, I'll do it. Um, I realized like, OK, there's a couple things I'll probably need to clean up in my life if I really want to, you know, give myself to God. Sure. Sure. And it was like it, it's just basic things. It was like my language wasn't great. Uh, I drank a little bit too much on the weekends with my friends and I was looking at porn and masturbating on a pretty regular basis. Right. And changing my language was not hard at all. Um, I was able to drink a lot more responsibly. Again, those were things that like, I think I probably did them, but more for social purposes, fitting in and whatever else. And those things just paled in comparison to God, you know, and the things I had found in him. Right. But I could not for the life of me shake porn and masturbation. And so when I kind of realized how big of a problem it was, uh, I went looking for solutions and I could not find very much. And so a lot Mm. of people out there were just saying, you know, get an accountability partner, 
pop in an internet filter in your browser. It, it was all very surface level kind of solutions. Yeah. And I got really frustrated. I was probably about 21 at the time, maybe. And I didn't get free until I was 26. So it was a five year journey of trying different stuff. Like I said earlier, most of it didn't work. But I found a couple things that were really, really helpful. And um, and those are what really moved the needle and eventually pushed me forward. And I had always prayed, especially during that season, I thought, you know, I want to get married one day. Yeah. I don't want to take this into my marriage. I, I learned at a young age that marriage is a magnifier. So someone told me that. And I'm so grateful. Absolutely. Um, and so I prayed, you know, God, help me get rid of this thing before I meet my future wife. And so sure enough, in 2016, uh, February 2016 was the last time I looked at porn. Um, and uh, I met my my now wife, uh, Shaloma, November 29. Uh, sorry, 2016. Um, oh, and so it was about nine months later and uh, God really answered that prayer, but, um, it was, it was a very long up and down kind of journey to actually reach that point of complete and total freedom from porn. Yeah, absolutely. And I, th- and I think that's one of the, the keys that I love that you use that term that it's, it's not just a state, you know what I mean? It is a journey. It's a process. And, yeah. and I think that that's, that's really important for, for our listeners to know is that this journey is, is exactly that. It's as you're walking with God and walking towards freedom, there's ups, there's downs, there's all these things. But if we can stay the course and allow God to do in us what he needs to, we can find freedom. Um, you know, I think one of my questions for you is like, I, I can imagine that, um, and, and in my own story, I could just speak from experience that a lot of times there's a temptation to just deal with the surface issues like like you're saying we're going to get a filter on our phone or on our computer or whatever you're going to get account accountability partner you're going to get a purity band or your purity t-shirt you know what i mean and you're going to bounce <laughs> yeah. your eyes you know what i mean like all, all that yeah. stuff and and yes those are all great things and like my goodness when it comes to to the walk of purity when it comes to living a life of purity it's just like there's nothing that's off off the table you got to do what you can like it's a war and so you gotta, there's, you gotta, you gotta do whatever you can. But, um, I think some of us, um, and I know there was a season in my own life too, where I felt like I, that's all I was doing. And I was just stuck in this, this continual addictive cycle where, you know, like where it'd be two days or where it'd be two weeks sometimes. And, and I'd be doing all those surface things, but I would not actually get to the root issue. Um, how, how would you say, or what would you be your take on How would you help people see uh, how they're stuck in their behavior and or even like the the root issue behind the fruit that's showing itself because um, I think in some ways porn addiction is just a fruit of maybe a deeper issue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the way I say it is all behavior is rooted in belief, right? So if you have problematic behavior, it's actually symptomatic of a problematic belief. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people try to deal with behavioral issues by tackling the behavior mm-hmm. um, instead of dealing with the underlying beliefs that are causing it. And when you when you are willing to go a little bit deeper, I mean, the, the reason that it, surface level issues are so enticing is because they're simple, they're cheap, they don't cost us much, they're, they're not time consuming, they're minimal right. effort, you know, they're easy. But if you're willing to kind of uh, sacrifice your convenience and dig a little bit deeper, what you find is that when you actually resolve the underlying issues, it's like uprooting a weed instead Mm -hmm. of just cutting it, running over it with a lawnmower, cutting it at the surface, you actually uproot the entire thing. And then the behavior takes care of itself as a result. Sure. So in, in, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, what I was, (laughs) (laughs) that was so Canadian of us. You go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry that I'm, yeah. (laughs) 
No, you can't be sorry. I'm the Canadian here. I'll be sorry. You know, I'm the most Canadian. Um, I think one of the one of the things I wanted to ask, like in your in your story, what was that underlying issue that you that you found? What was what was maybe that underlying root root problem that this or root uh, source that this issue was was kind of getting its power from, getting its uh, its energy from? Yeah, well, it would have been two things. It was one was it just uh, emotional needs, unmet needs. And the mm. other thing was um, some cracks in my identity, if I could put mm. it that way. Sure. Um, so the the emotional part, I, one of the best ways to illustrate it is actually the the longest I went without looking at porn in that 15 year journey was uh, a little bit over a year. So this is the crazy thing is you can actually go months even even a year without looking at porn, but yeah. still have those roots at play. Wow. And one way or another, they'll surface. So yeah. I, I'm 18 years old. I'm in university studying biology. And I start dating a girl. And up until that point, you know, I'm 18. So I guess I'd been struggling with porn for about seven years at that point. Started mm-hmm. when I was 11. So I'm 18 years old. And we were, um, we were sexually active in the relationship. Kind of like the classic, we're not having sex, but we're fooling around. Of course, yeah. So... Over the most of that relationship, I actually didn't really watch much porn because I had another outlet. So I still had the emotional void. And rather than using porn to medicate the void, Mm. I now had like sexual activity in my relationship to meet the need. And not surprisingly, when that relationship ended, I was back in a downward spiral caught up in pornography again, because now that that void is still there. And it took me a couple of years before I realized what was what was actually going on. I I would say the the void was particularly contributed from some of my um, some of my childhood experiences, but uh, specifically my relationship with my mom, which wow. people are always really surprised to hear about. Like, how could that even be related? But no. it's actually quite it's quite simple. Like mm-hmm. in your early years of life, your mom is responsible for providing safety, unconditional acceptance, affection, all that kind of stuff that helps you feel safe and confident in yourself. And where there's deficiencies, you're left with a void that you will then go and get met. And whether you meet that void in a healthy way or an unhealthy way, that's completely up to you. Yeah. Um, And so I realized my mom is an amazing person as well. So it's not like she did all these terrible things to me, but she's a little bit more on the reserve side, a little bit quieter, a little bit more conservative. Right. And just didn't express affection to me in the way I needed it. And I still remember I was probably I was 25 or 26 years old at six years old at the time when I'm making this discovery. And I'm just realizing, oh, my gosh, like I've, I've actually felt neglected for most of my life on an emotional level. Mm. And I think that's what's driving all of this, you know. And so when I, when I was able to kind of make that discovery, actually, it changed a lot for me, Brian, because uh. suddenly I'm like, OK, I can work through the pain of this. Um, come to terms with it and then reach a place of forgiveness. And the forgiveness part is the real key of it because in forgiving my mom, um, little child childhood, Sathya, who's stuck in there with this, this vacancy or this void is now able to let go of what's happened. And my mom no longer has that responsibility. I mean, she hasn't had that responsibility for years now. Yeah. I've been basically living as if she still does. Wow. Because that that void was still there. That need wasn't met. Right. So forgiving her is basically saying, you don't owe me that anymore. I'm releasing you. Hmm. And I'm now empowered to actually find healthier ways to get those needs met so that I feel accepted and not neglected. Dude, I think that's so key. I, I think, you know, man, thank you so much for sharing that, because I, I feel like in the church, when we've approached this topic, 
Um, we've just still dealt with it strictly on like a lust, like just on a, like a, a physical issue, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I do believe like this, this, this is so much deeper. Um, and you know, I, I think in the process of forgiveness, like how did, what were some of the practical things that you did to like, did you, did you talk with your mom? Did you like, how did you approach what forgiveness looked like? Because I think that that's such a key for some of us when we, when we've had, um, people in our life that were supposed to be something, or we had expectations that they were going to, that they were going to be this in our life, or we had needs that weren't met. What did that process of forgiveness, uh, look like for you? Yeah. Great question. Um, so I, I have four basic steps for forgiveness, identify, specify, release and restore. Mm. So uh, identify is the biggest thing. I mean, I, I basically lived with that, uh, that feeling of neglect for most of my life, but I was not aware of it. Wow. So until, until you can actually identify, you can actually name what like the people involved and what they've done you have no chance of forgiving them. Mm-hmm. And the, the church has messed this up real bad because we're, we're very accustomed to just saying, oh, you hurt me. It's OK. I forgive you. It, it's a cerebral exercise. It's a, right. it's almost kind of rote. Like we yes. just do it because we know we're supposed to. Yes. Yeah. Um, but until you can so identify like, OK, my my mom came up short in this area. Mm-hmm. But then you have to be specific. That's why the second step is specified. You actually you have to be able to name like these are the things she did that caused me the wound or caused the hurt. And that that's really uncomfortable for people. Uh, it's a lot easier to just say, yeah, okay, my mom did some stuff and yeah, I forgive you mom and right. kind of move on. Especially as but, Canadians, right? <laughs> yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. We don't, we don't want to really go to those uncomfortable places, but um, when you, when you don't adequately kind of specify and really articulate the extent of it, it's sort of like throwing money at a credit card bill mm-hmm. when you don't actually know how much you owe. Right. You're so just good. kind of like, oh, okay, I'll just send some money over and hopefully it covers the bill. But you, yeah. you actually have no idea. Right. So the you, you actually want to get really specific about the debt that is due mm. so that when you get to step three, which is releasing the person, you're actually con- – you can with confidence say, I'm fully releasing you for everything you've done. It's It's complete. So that at the end of the month, I know my bill's paid off. I don't have anything in the back of my head. There, there's no loose ends. And that that really is the actual act of forgiveness. That is where you're saying, I release you. You owe me nothing. I'm choosing to to live now without this. I'm not holding any of this against you. Mm-hmm. And while it is a four-step process, Brian, that 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 step three, like that act of releasing – it doesn't necessarily happen overnight, especially mm-hmm. if the wounds are deep. You're basically initiating a process. Yeah. Uh, and it takes time to get there. And that was certainly the case with my mom, because, I mean, we're talking about my mom here. This isn't like someone who is in my life temporarily. Sure. sure. So um, so it's it's a process. And then you restore. And, and you, you hinted on that in your question. And I think sometimes it does mean you reach out to the person and you, you let them know, like, hey, I've been working through some stuff. Yeah. Um, I think there's some some best practices you want to have if you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessary. I, I like I, I always say forgiveness is actually self-serving. It's not right. selfish, but it's self-serving. You do it for your sake and there is a chance you get to restore that relationship, but mm-hmm. it's not a guarantee. Yeah, and I and I think that's in the lines too where where if if there was even somebody in your life for a season or for or who was like even permanent in your permanently in your life um but there was even trauma or there was abuse that was taking place. Like it, it probably would not be healthy to even really reach out or to try to, to try to connect with that person. 
Um, but at the same time, that doesn't that doesn't keep you from still going through those processes and and in your own heart taking taking your hand of judgment or your you know your need to be judge, jury, and executioner in that person's life. Um, yeah, that might be a little bit extreme. <laughs> it's a little bit extreme, <laughs> but um, but no, that that mean. need of like or that that feeling or or state in your own heart of of holding all those disappointments over their life, you can now let God be the one who works in their life and say, no, I, I bless you. And I release you, man. That's, that's so good. That's so good. Yeah, and I, I just want to, I just want to add something because um, a lot of people I do work with, unfortunately, have a history of sexual abuse, whether they've been abused wow. or abusers. And I think one of the misconceptions about forgiveness is if I forgive someone, I'm, I'm basically justifying what they did. Right. And I, and that's really not true, actually. Yeah, uh, totally. In fact, it, it, it doesn't, it's not really a statement about what they've done. Forgiveness is just an act that says, I'm not going to let it affect me anymore. Yeah. And whether what they did was right or whether it was wrong, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter. It's just saying, I'm moving on with my life. I'm not going to let it hold me back. So yeah. I just want to clarify that. Yeah, that's so good because I think, you know, the human heart being made in the image of God, we have this, this desire for justice, you know what I mean? And so like, yeah. We want to know that you know, justice is going to be done. So if I'm going to forgive you, like I, I want to forgive you, but I want it to kind of hurt a little bit. You know what I mean? Like I want you to, and um, but we need to understand that ultimately God is the one who who takes care of justice in our life. You know what I mean? And and yeah. that if we can be in a place where we're trusting God and we're releasing um, all those things uh, to Him, He's the one who's able to take them and and bring them to a place of making things right. Um, yes. That's so good, dude. I appreciate you just sharing that. That's awesome. Um, if somebody's listening right now and, and they're going, man, I'm, I'm stuck, whether, um, whether it's for the same reasons or if there's other dynamics coming in, into play right now, they're saying, I need to make a change. What does that step out of the addiction cycle? What does that step to into the journey of freedom look like? Um, well, it, it just depends on how long you want to struggle. Um, you know, wow. the, it's, it's not that hard actually to Google solutions. Like you can watch sure. videos on YouTube and uh, like, like we were talking about before, you can find a, an accountability partner or get an internet filter. Um, but really if you actually genuinely want to make a change in your life, you need to talk to somebody about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and you need to talk to somebody who can actually guide you through it. So those might be two different steps. One might be you talk to your friend and it feels good to just come out and say it, yeah. or you talk to a parent or you talk to whoever and then the other step might be, okay, and then I'm, I'm going to look now and actually get somebody to guide me through this process. That, that was my biggest regret probably was that I didn't, I didn't find other, or I didn't let other people who knew what they were talking about into my corner early enough. I, I just wish I would have done it earlier. I wish I, I would have brought them in right away. I know I would have got freer a lot more quickly. Um, it just took me a while to kind of get there and to kind of get the, the bump or the nudge rather to, to actually take a step forward. But I, I wish I would have done that earlier. So that, that would be my biggest uh, encouragement. And the other thing I would say is most guys, when they first reach out, if they're talking to me for the first time about it, most of them will say, you know, I, I just, I, I mean, I know there's not a lot of guys who struggle out there with it, or I know there's not a lot of guys who struggle like I do. Right. Like we all kind of know the stats and we know everyone struggles, but we all assume like, oh, but they don't struggle as much as I do. Right. And it's just not true. Like, and, and usually there's, yeah, anyway, it's just, just understand that like, Hey, you're, you're actually part of a, a movement of guys who are, who are trapped, um, mm -hmm. and a, a smaller group of guys who are trying to get free and actively taking steps to do so. That's amazing, man. I, I can, I totally speak to that too, because I feel like, um, 
like sexual our who we are in the sexual sense is actually connected to a deep place in our heart because sexuality is meant to be a gift from God in the in the proper context that brings that brings life and brings connection and unity in our marriages um, yeah. as men to our to our wives like that this this area of who we are in our sexuality so um, for those who are who are listening and feel like man like I struggle but like I you know I know everybody struggles but nobody struggles as much as I do it's because that place in your heart is actually or like your sexuality is connected to such a deep place of you of who you are and God's actually designed it to be that way to actually be a yeah. blessing in your life. So if you're listening here today, I want you to know that no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, um, this, this place can be, this can be turned from a burden in your life to a blessing in your life. And you can learn to be uh, self-governed of your desires and not letting your desires govern you. Uh, man, thank you so much for this today. Like, this has just been been awesome. If people wanted to connect with you and even just begin their journey, their deep clean journey, how could they do that? Yeah, uh, the easiest way is just to go to my website, um, www.sathiasam.com, S-A-T-H-I-Y-A-S-A-M.com. Or you can go to getadeepclean.com. That's a bit easier than you don't have to spell my name. <laughs> um, but either way, uh, you just follow the prompts. You can actually book a time. Uh, in my calendar and I'd uh, be happy to just sit down and chat with you and figure out, um, you know, the best way to, to get you to freedom. Uh, I've worked with lots of guys over the years and, uh, you know, everyone needs a, a different approach, something that's going to work for them specifically. Um, so that's the best way to, to get in touch if uh, you want a little bit more help. Yeah. Well, and I'm on Instagram as well. Yeah. That, that's awesome. And we'll make sure that all, all that is in the show notes and, uh, and we can have links for all that for everybody to get in touch with you. Uh, Sathya, man, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for, for sharing your journey, sharing your heart and what God has done in your life. And uh, we'd love to have you back on. So hopefully you're, you're up for something like that. We'd love to do this again. I love that, man. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. Wow, Sathya, thank you so much for joining us here on the Union Podcast, man. It was just a, such a privilege to sit down and, and talk with you and just hear your heart and insight uh, on these real uh, real, real topics that we uh, that we were some of us are facing in in a very uh, heavy way. And I want I want to encourage you if you're listening to this today and you 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 could say, man, I'm I'm stuck. I'm stuck in the cycle of addiction to porn. I'm stuck uh, in this place of trying to bring it together for a couple days or a week and or whatever, and just trying to live in my own strength to overcome this. And I'm just not getting anywhere. I want you to I want you to know that freedom can start today. Freedom can start in your life with a, with a step forward to bring it into the light, but to also bring some people who can help walk with you and encourage you. And we have all of Safia's information in the show notes and you can reach out to him there. We would also love to hear from you as well. Um, if we can help you at all in your journey towards freedom and purity and uh, just the, the new life that God desires to give you. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here on the Union Podcast. It really means uh, so much to us. And uh, like I said, leave a comment down below. We'd love to continue the conversation on this topic. But thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope your life was impacted greatly. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at podcast at theunionmovement.com. For more information, visit our website, theunionmovement.com, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram with the handle at theunionmovement.